for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! And welcome in to the Blitz Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz. And I'm joined by my co-host in a particularly uh, interesting situation today. Uh, here, man. There we go. Yeah, yeah. We are live in-house today. We are both in the humble abode in Baltimore, uh, catching some O's games while we're up here. But we're excited to cover the New Orleans Saints today as we roll through our power rankings. But what's up, man? You excited to talk about them? Look to, your, look to my left and yeah, see if our co-host real quick. It is a little strange for sure. We've uh, like ranked it up. So we, uh, we're using one mic today, so hopefully there's no delay of any kind. There shouldn't be any lagging, because we could do this without internet. Um, Kane is worried that he's going to throw up in his mouth, and he's yeah. not going to be able to see Multiple what times. he looks like when he throws up in his mouth. Really, probably Well, we that's like severe, but like if I have like a booger, or... And I told him I'm on booger watch, so... Yeah, and we unfortunately don't have a chat function anymore, so yeah. that won't be too helpful. But... Yeah, we got an interesting setup rocking today, uh, but we're going to roll through the Saints as we always do in normal fashion. So without further ado, let's dive into the 2023 New Orleans Saints. And as you can see, we've got them ranked 18th overall. And uh, let's dive into individual segments to see why we put them there. And we start at none other than the quarterback position. And this is a guy that... I've definitely lost a lot of hype on, but the hate is starting to maybe go a little too far on this guy. Uh, it's Derek Carr. If you go back to this time last year, I was probably talking about Derek Carr having an MVP campaign this year with Devontae Adams. Uh, that didn't quite happen. Uh, it, he was, in fact, so bad that they decided to completely move on from Derek Carr in Vegas. Uh, but now he's in New Orleans. He gets a fresh start over there. And we've got him ranked as the 16th best quarterback in the league amongst the field. And I know you don't feel the greatest about that. Would you put him a little lower? Uh, yeah, I know we're doing the optimism thing. Um, but I feel like this could go bad quickly here in New Orleans. Uh, we obviously saw what Derek Carr was for the entirety of his career uh, prior to 2021 wasn't fantastic look we always saw Derek Carr as like that guy it's like well if I'm choosing between my quarterback and Derek Carr I'd say 26 27 teams are just like yeah I'll just stick with my guy like whether it be because they're younger whether it be because they're better you know they're they're less risk averse or you know whatever the case may be a lot of teams are choosing their own quarterback over Derek Carr uh then 2021 happens and you know I was I said I'm pretty sure I sat here and said something to the effect of you know I'd love Derek Carr in a Steelers uniform he looks like plays like a Steeler acts like a Steeler <laughs> was that the talk at that the time? was the talk Jeez, uh, for whatever reason and then last year I don't think I said that about the like, commander so that makes me feel if, a little if better. Derek Carr's like walking along this middle line for his entire career he goes all the way up to where he was in 2021, and he evened it right out by going all the way down in 2022. Jeez. Awful last season. You know, the only – you were looking it up 
pre-show, the only stats that he was top ten in were interceptions, picks. Hey, all right, all right. Let Um, me do. Let me provide a little reflection on the stats from last year. So he did. It was pretty bad, pretty awful. However, you want to put it, Uh, he finished top ten in passes intercepted, pick sixes. Uh, We got sack percentage on here. We got sack percentage index, but. He did finish third in comeback wins last year. And also, he ranked towards the top of the NFL in intended air yards. Total, he finished fifth in the league. Intended air yards per pass attempt, he finished fourth. So it's like, he's going to air it out. He's going to throw the ball a ton. And he didn't get any generous uh, yards after the catch last year from his receiving core as he finished towards the bottom of the league in that category. Uh, But, like, we know that Derek Carr can air it out at the very least, you know, and he is talented. Like we've talked about that, you know, so the talent might carry you over, but from what we saw last year, not looking the greatest. Another thing, uh, and again, I know this is the Saints show and we'll talk about what he'll look like with the Saints in a second, but Raiders also set the NFL record for most losses when leading by seven or more points at halftime. I believe they lost five games uh, that way last year. I believe they also lost four of those games by like, they were leading by 14 points. So I'm not exactly sure what the stat was, but no, I know what it was. It was bad. So um, I some of that has to be attributed to Derek Carr, quite honestly. Um, 16, I think, is like – I honestly feel like that's about as close to a ceiling. Like his ceiling for me is like 12, 13 maybe. Dude, his floor could be somewhere in the low 20s. Like with – Last year he was in the low twenties. Like the way he played, if you did, if people would forget about twenty twenty one and just look at what they saw from last year in twenty twenty two, Derek Carr was in the low twenties. He had, and I feel like this is a very similar situation. Like you don't have one guy in Josh Jacobs that's like a power back or a what's word looking for horse. What's the horse? Workhorse. Workhorse back. Um, workhorse back. But they have a stable here. With Alvin Kamara, you know, whether he gets suspended or not, he's still going to play some games for them this season. You also have Jamal Williams coming in from Detroit, and then you drafted Kendra Miller as well. So he's got a great running situation around him. And the wide receivers, you know, he doesn't have that one number one X receiver that's going to be healthy all 17 games. We'll talk about Michael Thomas in a little bit, like he had with Devontae Adams, but he does have Michael Thomas for however many games he plays this year. He has a Chris Olave. He has a Rashid Shahid. So it's going to be a lot of the same situation here. Their offensive line also built very similarly where it's one superstar tackle and then a bunch of, you know, average to below average guys. Uh, Ramchek obviously on the right side versus Colton Miller on the left side. But it's a lot of the similar situations, just a matter of what Pete Carmichael does play calling to try and set Derek Carr up uh, for success. But Derek Carr has always been a guy who struggles with, you know, the in the pocket stuff and just, you know, taking command, being the guy he's. You know, this is the guy who, for uh, the 2021 season, where he was phenomenal in the wild card game on fourth and seven, he throws it short of the sticks, and they don't end up converting, and they end up losing the game. So it's kind of who Derek Carr is, to be quite frank with you. And that's the problem here. That's why I'm not so optimistic uh, for the quarterback situation here in New Orleans. I'm just going to say it. I know that they signed to a four-year, 136, whatever. Do not be surprised if you see Jameis Winston this year. Oof. Just because if Derek Carr, it's just not working, 
Jameis Winston's either going to send you in the complete wrong direction or he's going to turn the ship around. He's not going to do the he's not going to do the middle. He's either going to make you the worst team in the NFL or he's going to make this offense competent just because that's his play style. Like we talked about it, like he, James Wilson. It was a question of whether or not he was still on this roster. It was like, well, oh, we did, is James we Wilson did. still there? It's like no, Derek Carr is clearly not the QB one. Because we were like, well, I, I agree for right now, but I'm saying like if this goes bad, like we're talking about it potentially going bad. Right. Jameis Winston is one of the better backup options in the league, and if they feel, you know, because sure. you know the Saints, they're always trying to win. You know, they're that's was the whole thing with Derek Carr. They kick the can down the road, they'll figure it out later. As they've done for so many years, they have somehow not been like eliminated from the league with all of the, their mm-hmm. salary cap debt, uh, and they go out and sign Derek Carr to a like forty million dollar a year contract. Blows my mind. Um, do we remember when they gave Taysom Hill? That like phantom contract, it was like he still has it, dude. It's like a four year, eighty million dollar contract, and everybody like lost their mind. Yeah, because they thought maybe it was but gonna like, be a quarterback. It's almost, like all like fake money. Yeah, so that's the one, thing. and they could defer it too. Uh, but looking at like the last thing I'll say on Derek Carr is that like last year we saw the absolute worst version of Derek Carr that we could see. I mean, he threw three three thousand five hundred twenty two yards. He hasn't thrown that little passing yard since 2017. Um, he's through the. He had a career low in pass attempts, uh, career low in completions. Um, like he wasn't really getting the opportunity, I guess, to really show. Like, I don't want to say that, but I'll say that it can't get much worse from what we saw from Derek Carr last year. And I always think the talents there with Derek Carr. And I'll say that I think his ceiling can be top 10, not like top five or anything, but I think he can crack himself in the top 10 this year. With this group of playmakers, for sure, he has a chance uh, as we dive into that group, uh, which we have ranked in the top 10 at ninth overall. And we got to start with, hmm, let's start with Chris Olave, who absolutely had a stunning season last year in his rookie year. Uh, kind of started the year off slow, if I remember correctly, uh, but definitely caught his stride as he went on throughout the season. Uh, became a reliable deep threat. I mean, all the all the things that he was praised for coming out of Ohio State, he showed flashes of last year, and he's probably going to be one of the best receivers in the league uh, for years to come. Uh, we thought the same thing about Michael Thomas for a little bit, uh, but then like four years passes by where he's just you know kicking the can down the road of is he still good like he still has the nfl record for most catches in a single season uh which is going to be fun to look back at when it's all said and done uh but michael thomas is still there rashid shaheed is still there and people have talked a lot about him he could be some kind of fantasy uh breakout this year who knows i mean Derek carr was like top five in all the intended air yards numbers uh completed air yards numbers so if he's going to air it out He's got Olave, he's got Shahid to do it. And then Michael Thomas is at, it's like his short target. Uh, but then in the backfield, it's pretty impressive there too, man. I mean, you still got Kamara. We'll see what happens there. I mean, every day that goes by that Kamara doesn't get suspended, we haven't heard anything, makes me think that he's not going to get suspended at all. Maybe he'll just carry it out in the court of law. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. But if they don't have Kamara for this year, they did sign Jamal Williams who broke the franchise record for single-season touchdowns in Detroit last year. Uh, Broke the record of some guy named Barry Sanders, man. I wonder if he was any good. 
Uh, but yeah, Jamal Williams dominated on the ground last year in Detroit. Uh, it was kind of expected that Swift might be the RB1, clear RB1. Uh, but Jamal Williams had other plans, and he gets a contract in New Orleans. Uh, so, And then also behind him, new draft pick, Kendra Miller. Uh, I believe he was fourth-round pick, correct? Third, fourth, Third. something yeah. like that. Uh, but they've got a really solid backfield, uh, especially if Kamara plays this year. And we know how the Saints team likes to use their running backs. Um, and then tight end, you got Jawan Johnson, who some people are high on. I don't think... I don't think I'm too high on him, but still a very solid group of playmakers as we have them ranked in the top 10. So who are you excited to talk about? I mean, this wide receiver pairing, I think, is one of the best in the NFL when it's healthy. Now, the problem is Michael Thomas has played 10 games in the last three seasons, just three games in the last two seasons. So we know what Michael Thomas was when we last saw him play a full season, and that was 2019. That was when he broke the uh, receptions record for a single season, but... Drew Brees was his quarterback. Like, that's how long it's been since, like, it feels like Drew Brees has been out of the league for quite a few years now. That was the last time we saw Michael Thomas fully healthy at full strength. You know, this team's been through how many quarterbacks since Drew Brees was last the starting quarterback here? So, I'm not super optimistic for him to play a full season, and that's kind of why nine, I wouldn't say it feels like a best-case scenario because, you know, if Kamara is there all year, Michael Thomas is there all year. This could very well be a top-five unit, especially with just that three-headed monster, that little triangle there of Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Alvin Kamara. Plus, you've got Rashid Shaheed, who I like a lot. You know, he's your deep threat, was undrafted last year, believe out of Kent State, um, but came on and made the most of his touches here. Uh, and I really think that that matters a lot, especially when you have a Michael Thomas that works a lot more in the short game, Chris Olave, who can win deep, but you'd probably want him working the middle, the medium area of the field a little bit more, even though he is a slighter guy. You're not, it's not like you're sending him across the middle like Anquan Bolton. Right. But okay. he's like, he can play anywhere, but if you've got a guy like Shahid that can, you know, get over I think his most like electric that, plays last year were the deep plays, in true. my opinion. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And but, then, like, he's more capable than that, like, your next wide receiver yeah. at catching deep ball. He's all around, though. That's yeah, what it that's, that's why, you know, I love Chris Olave. I love... I didn't love Olave as much as I love Garrett Wilson, obviously, uh, from that class, but I still think he's a phenomenal player. I really like Olave moving forward, especially if they can get a franchise quarterback here. We're talking dynasty wide receivers here. Chris Olave's got to be towards, I would say, the top of that second tier or that third tier, depending on how you want to see it, because he doesn't have the elite quarterback tethered to him right now like a lot of those top guys do. Um, but still, I think could be a very good player in this league. Could be a 12, 1300 1,400-yard receiver uh, if he gets that good quarterback tethered to him. Um, this running back room, I think, as far as going three deep uh, when everybody's healthy, I think is one of the two or three best in the league. And that is my main reason for why they would be up here in the top ten is because even if Alvin Kamara misses six games, you still have a Kendra Miller-Jamal Williams one-two punch that is still going to be, I wouldn't say a top half running game in the NFL. But I would very, probably say top half. Really? Yeah. Well, and the thing the thing is it's a question mark about Kendra Miller. We don't know what Kendra Miller's gonna be. Right. It's not like he was picked in the first or second round. You know, he was a third round player. I would but say Jamal Williams was top fifteen running back. Jamal Williams definitely was, especially last season, was yeah. a top fifteen running back. Now, if he was given the role of like, okay, now you're working from the twenty to the twenty, how right. if that, how impact was Jamal Williams? That's the question. Uh, but I think that will be much more Kendra Miller's role. But like I said, the more days go on, 
that we don't see Alvin Kamara get suspended, it feels like the more likelihood that he isn't suspended. And even if he is suspended, the like general thought is that it's going to be six games, which is you know the first the first third of the season, and that's going to hurt a little bit. But once he gets back right and back in here. I think this trio is probably the best trio in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, just doesn't have like a Nick Chubb or top guy in that room like that. Because quite frankly, I don't think Alvin Kamara is that type of player anymore. You know, this is a guy who has had a lot of touches. He's had 150 or more attempts every year of his career, except for his rookie year, uh, where he only started three games. And really, it's been like, you know, so year one, 120, year two, 194. Year three, 171, year four, 187. Then in 2021, he gets ramped up to 240 rushing attempts in just 13 games. 223 rushing attempts last year in just 15 games. You also got to remember this is a guy who's getting catches. He had 81 catches in each of his first three seasons, then at 83, and then he dropped off a little bit in 2021 once he started getting more rushing work to 47 and 57 catches, respectively. But this is a guy who's got a lot of touches. He's been hit a lot of times in the NFL. So... You know, it's a matter of how many times I finally found the total touch number on Pro Football mm-hmm. Reference. 1,565 touches, you know, in six seasons. For a running back, I mean. It's, that's that's a lot of touches for a guy, and, you know, especially if he can't, you know, get out going in the first six games, he can't get warmed up. He's getting warmed up in the middle of the season. Maybe that helps him a little bit because that's six games worth of touches that he's not taking. Uh, but it'll definitely be interesting to see how good he is this season. I just acquired him in Dynasty that guy so I'm hoping for the best here but my, my expectations are still kind of low yeah for sure I mean when Kamara's like I mean he's one of the most talented running backs that we've seen in the past like decade you know like when he's at his best do you think I don't know if he's that I was gonna anymore. say because he's he kind of came in in like the end of the last because he's not an all decade team guy right. because he comes in in 2017 by the time we're in the 2020s, he's, he's a Jamal really... Charles for me. Like, I yeah, it's very similar. Hey, come on, that's not the. It's just like we were we had like probably a three hour Hall of Fame conversation going through, we went through all the like, draft classes. We went through like the 2008 to like 2017 drafts because mm-hmm. uh, you know go go past 2008, we're getting guys that are already inducted. You go into 2017 and we're looking at like Joey Bosa and like the verdict's not really out on them. Yeah, so that was fun. Yeah, Jamal Charles, fun. unfortunately. Uh, was Hall a very good guy. Yeah, did not make the cut, and I wouldn't put him in the Please like, let us know if you think Jamal Charles should be a uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah. And Kamara with the same. Uh, but last thing I'll say on this group of playmakers, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with the running backs. Um, Chris Olave is like, I really do think he's more of a deep threat than, like, if you were to pick one aspect of his game that he's the best at, I think it's probably the deep ball. And, I mean, the numbers show it. He was eighth in dot among all wide receivers last year. Uh, ADOT is average depth of target, for those who don't know. Uh, and then passer rating, dude. I looked at uh, passer rating on passes when targeted just to, for kind of like shits and gigs. And guess who comes in at number two on that list at 138.4? Rashid Shahid. So two guys that had good numbers last year. And have an opportunity. I mean, we were talking about it the other day. It's not a matter of if Michael Thomas gets injured. It's when. And will Chris Olave and Rashid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But when they step in, they should have an opportunity to improve upon their impressive performance. And, like, if we remember, just real quick before we move on. Mm -hmm. We remember in his first two games last season, 
Uh, I believe he caught two touchdowns passes in his first game. He caught a second or a third touchdown pass in his second game. And then he got injured, and we never saw him for the rest of the year. So we know that when Michael Thomas is healthy, he's still one of the better receivers in the NFL. Especially like you know when you need you got a third and six, third and seven, you need a guy to go win on a slant. Not mm. not slant, boy, <laughs> not slant boy, but Michael Thomas is your guy. But let's move on to the other line. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's dive into this offensive line in which this group of playmakers will be supported by, uh, especially the running backs, obviously. Um, but let's go around the horn. Uh, we've got them ranked at 27th overall, uh, which is not too hot. Um, they've got Trevor Penning at tackle, uh, Aaron McCoy at center, uh, Ryan Ramshek at the other tackle position. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Andres Pete, I want to say, uh, at guard, and then Cesar Ruiz at the other guard position. I believe that is the first offensive line group that I've gotten every single name correctly. And so. they're 27th. <laughs> Let's go, man. Big names. Uh, big names. But who are you excited to talk about on this group? Yeah, for the, for the Saints fans that are still here. Uh, that didn't leave after the pessimistic approach that I took to the first two groups. <laughs> I think we're a little bit low on the Saints offensive yeah. line. You know, Ryan Ramchek is one of what now that so your best right tackles in the league is he's probably one or two now, especially with uh, worse moving over to the left side. He's at the top for right tackles in the NFL. Um, your guards are probably your problem spot here, or at least your biggest place of concern without a whole lot of optimism. You know, you can argue Trevor Penning there, but he's got the potential that we want to see. Uh, but Andres Pete is just a solid starter at this point in his career. I think that's what he's going to be. Pretty much just going to ride that out. Cesar Ruiz might be on his last year here as the starting guard in New Orleans. I think Nick Saldaverde, I know he was a fourth-round pick, but they went up to get him. They clearly like him a lot. Very well think he could be the starting guard for Cesar, for the Saints next year, place of Cesar Ruiz. Eric McCoy is a one of the better starting centers in the NFL, not like top five, but he's definitely like in that 12-ish, top 10 to 12-ish range. Uh, and then the the big talking point here is Trevor Penning. Uh, he was their first round pick in last year's draft. They traded their pick from this year into last year, so that, that way they could have two first round picks. One of them was Chris Olave, second, or yeah, the second one was Trevor Penning. It didn't go very well. You know, he had a, uh, I believe he had a camp injury, so he missed a little bit of time. Then he comes back in, and a lot of what we saw on his tape in college showed up in the pros. Uh, he was over-aggressive a lot of times. He plays with that mean streak, and that's really good for when you're pass, or when you're run, run blocking. Uh, and we saw that in his grades. He comes out with an 80.2 run blocking grade. Uh, but that over-aggressiveness when pass protecting really comes back to bite you and we saw that as well with him grading in the 30s for pass protecting which is not good uh it's about his development this year like if you're the saints and you're trying to build for the future i think trevor penning is your number one priority on this entire roster about we need to get this guy right you know this team traded away a future first round pick to like move that pick into the future or into the present i guess um to get Trevor Penning, that pick was the Eagles pick that, you know, they did move up one spot with a fourth-round pick, but they then selected Jalen Carter. And we'll yeah. talk about this front seven in a minute. This front seven could really use Jalen Carter. Uh, so you, Any front seven could use Jalen Carter. Yeah, and <laughs> so you really you really want Trevor Penning to uh, figure this thing out. You know, I still think at the very worst, he's going to be a very, very good run blocker. The only problem is 
is he going to be so bad in pass protection that you can't even have him on the field to be able to get the benefits of his fantastic run blocking? Uh, and the main reason why I mention that is because they do have one of the best sixth men uh, in the league in James Hurst. You know, we talked about it with the commanders with Cornelius Lucas, like having that sixth uh, offensive lineman, that swing tackle does mean a lot. Uh, and having him here potentially to replace Trevor Penning if things go south this year um, is going to be very helpful for them. It's just a matter of can they get Trevor Penning a little bit more refined in the pass protection game. Otherwise, it's a very solid offensive line. If I were to do it off the top right now, because I've, I've definitely, like, these last couple episodes especially, I'm looking at our consensus ranks, and I was like, ooh, now that I've done, like, a little bit more of a deep dive, like, we're looking into this stuff a little bit more now, um, and we'll talk about that in a minute with front seven. I'm feeling a little different about these rankings. I probably have them in, the like, the early 20s uh, now that I've, like, got to do a little bit more research on it, but I do think that they could break this 27th ranking for sure. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, just by the names, I mean, just by the fact that I was able to name these guys uh, should tell you good things about this offensive line. But Dennis Allen, I mean, he comes from that Sean Payton, like, coaching tree. And I was trying to talk to you – know, we had Tyler at the game last night that we went to, and he was trying to tell me that he was a Raiders guy. And I, he was. Dennis Allen was a Raiders guy. Not really, though. Like, he coached two years in uh, uh, for the Raiders. Um, but he came in with Sean Payton in 2006. Worked through Bounty Gate. They both left after Bounty Gate. They both came back in 2015, and then he was promoted to defensive or head coach when Peyton left at 21. So this is a groomed, grown, homegrown Sean Peyton guy. You know, he's so a guy, yeah, he's a defensive guy, that's for sure, and that's what role he played in. But he knows how important offensive line is for a team. I mean, Sean Peyton's always had signature offensive lines for the Saints. Uh, so he realizes that importance, and we definitely think that they can outplay uh, the expectation that we have for them in their rankings. Uh, but let's move on to the front seven for this new Orleans Saints team in 2023. And honestly, this has been a big point of debate uh, for us as of recent days uh, in preparation for this episode, because they've got names, but not really a lot of depth on this uh, front seven, that's for sure. Uh, Cameron Jordan, I mean, he's been one of the faces of the NFL for a long time now. Um, not maybe as talent-wise. I mean, he's very talented, but he's been more a player's advocate and a great face for the league. Uh, but very solid player still, but he's a vet. Uh, Demario Davis, he's still there, one of the best linebackers in the league. Um, prob- where would you put him in comparison to Fred Warner? Like right I think behind him? I kind of think Fred Warner's in a tier of his own. Okay. And then you're in like the Shaq Leonard, Roquan Smith, Demario Davis. I feel yeah. like I'm forgetting somebody too. But like that group right. is right there. I'd even, um, that, yeah, I think that's probably good. I'd even still maybe even put Bobby Wagner in that group that he's still very good, was very good for the Rams last year, even though nobody really remembers that because of how bad they were but yeah yeah that's true but still a uh, great linebacker to say the least uh, they got Pete Warner there uh, Zach Bond uh, that's a decent linebacker core but the front like the front four really looks rough so we've got them ranked at 15th and we think they might go a little lower not trying to lose our optimism here but if we're gonna be not optimistic about something it's probably this front seven when it comes to the Saints yeah, and we have them at 15th, and this was one of those groups that 
when we went back and like was preparing for the episode and um, putting the graphic together, didn't realize how much they lost. I knew they lost uh, a lot of their front seven, but I forgot that Shy Tuttle left. And I also forgot, you know, I remembered this when we got to the Falcons episode, I also didn't realize that Caden Ellis left. Like it just didn't compute to me when we were putting these rankings together. If I were to do it again, I'm probably having them in the maybe like very early 20s, late teens. Because they lost a lot. Like I said, they lost, I believe, four of their five highest snap count guys, and Cam Jordan was that fifth guy. Uh, Cam Jordan also was not very good last season in comparison to what we're usually getting from Cam Jordan. Uh, he only has he only had about a 7% pressure rate uh, among his snaps, and 10% is like league average for a pass rusher. Uh, so him being below that, obviously not a good sign. Uh, and he is the head and shoulders leader of this group. You know, uh, Carl Randerson is going to be fine. They're going to squeeze that edge. Uh, and then on this interior, Nate Shepard and Kalen Saunders. Kalen Saunders got uh, a three-year $12 million deal from them. Uh, I believe Nate Shepard got a $15 million deal. I can't remember how many years. he And he was fine last year for the Jets. They schemed him up a little bit. Uh, Kalen Saunders is just going to kind of be a starter here. And I think he'll be rotating a lot with Brian Brissy. Um, and then Isaiah Foskey is a rookie on the other end. And I think him and Carl Granderson... Um, will be rotating along with uh, Passignon. Pretty sure is how you say it. I think I nailed it. Um, but this front seven, like this pass rush, if just we, we eliminate the linebackers, this is one of these four to five lowest ranked groups in my opinion. Uh, and it's just because, like, I don't know if Brissi is going to be able to step in. The fact that he's not currently listed as a starter worries me a little bit. I know he's only the 30th pick, but like, if, if he was currently listed as a starter, that means he's blowing shit up in camp and maybe he's looking good, but Still a little worried uh, with this linebacker room. Like I said, they do lose Caden Ellis, who played really well for them, but I think the main reason why he played well and was able to get that opportunity was because Pete Warner missed some time last season. Uh, Pete Warner is still one of the better linebackers in the NFL himself uh, in coming into year three now. Uh, and we talked about Demario Davis. You know, he's also one of the he's one of the five or six best linebackers in the NFL, regardless of age. You know, father time isn't really seeming to catch up to him. Zach Bond hasn't really seem to figure it out, but that three linebacker, those three linebackers are still very serviceable. You can, you know, they're probably in the top eight or 10 as far as linebacker groups in the league, but I'm really, really worried about that front group. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the only thing that like, I mean, I put them pretty high in my rankings personally. Um, and what makes me feel safe is like, they have two like absolute leaders on the defense, uh, at least in the front seven. Like, you can't really get much better than Cameron Jordan and Demario Davis leading your defense. If you don't mention the rest of the defense, you're already going to say, like, off the bat, like, oh, that should be a top 10 group, yeah. you know. So putting them at 15, I don't think it's too crazy. Uh, but, I mean, it could be a point of weakness for this team that people aren't really going to realize until the season starts. Uh, but let's roll on uh, from the front seven, and let's dive into this secondary, which... I mean, this is one of the best secondaries in football, has been for a long time. Uh, we've got them ranked at 10th um, in the Blitzpod consensus, and it starts with shutdown corner Mr. Marcus Latimore, who's had his great history in the league so far. I mean, he's probably still, I would call him a top 10 corner in the league. I feel like that's probably appropriate, um, like probably towards the end there, but definitely very respectable, one of the best in the game. Uh, still got Bradley Roby there. Uh, Paul Adebo, I believe it awesome. is. 
Okay, gotcha. Um, but Tyron Matthew is still there, and as we roll along with the uh, the theme of having just names on this defense, Tyron Matthew is still there playing safety. Didn't have a great season last year. Couldn't. I mean, he has. This has been the story of his career. He just can't stay healthy. Uh, but and it's probably not going to get any better as he gets older. But if they could get a full season at Tyron Matthew. I mean, this secondary could continue to be one of the best in the league and couldn't finish top five at the end of the day. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Tyron Matthew wasn't even really that bad last year. You know, he grades out as an 81 uh, Okay. PFF. That's not bad. And it's kind of like we know how long he's been in the league. This is going to be year 11 for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he played all 18 games. Wow, I'm just tripping yeah, okay. off my balls, dude. Sorry, Tyron. And he's one of my, the Honey Badgers is one of my favorite players. Great like, in the 80s and playing all 17 games is pretty impressive. Yep. Uh, my apologies. Damn, that was Finishes the season uh, against Carolina with a 92 grade. Phenomenal. Wow. Okay. Uh, also, yeah, like I said, he's entering year 11. He's only 31. Came in the league at 20 wow. years old. So, and this guy has played for... Cardinals, Texans, mm-hmm. Chiefs, Journey. and now Saints. So and safeties play longer. Yeah. Like, that's like, one of the And he plays positions. in so many spots, too. Like, he's played some slot corner. He can still probably play some slot corner. He's yeah. played a little bit of linebacker as well. Uh, the Chiefs would even send him off the edge sometimes. So, he's been – he can, you know, wear a lot of hats for them, and I think that's great. You know, Marcus May isn't as versatile, but you love what he gives you as a free safety. I don't think – I guess when Marcus when Marcus May is healthy, I don't think it's a huge downgrade for Marcus Williams. I think there is a downgrade for sure. But now that you've got that safety pairing, that's one of the better safety pairings in the NFL, even though they're a little bit on the older side. Then you get to this cornerback room. Uh, you got Marshawn Lattimore, who, like we talked about, is going to bounce around within the top ten pretty much on any given season. Like if he was in, the, we're talking about him with Patrick Sertain, Sauce Gardner, Jalen Ramsey. Even this end at the end of this season, I would not be surprised. Um, they're going to run that. Very aggressive bump and run scheme, um, and that helps Marshawn Lattimore. You know we've seen him. You know they talk their shit on this defense because of that. Sure. Like they get they're getting up in receivers' faces. This is a scheme that allows them to do that, and I honestly think that boosts them a little bit. Is like you know we're up in your face, we're talking shit, we're in your head. Yep. You know these teams that sit back in zone, nobody's talking shit when you're sitting back in zone because you're not right in front of these guys. You know we know the Mike Evans thing. We're gonna get that show two times a year. Um, They've also got Bradley Roby playing here in the slot. Has been has also bounced around the league as well. Um, just a solid veteran, but you, you're glad to have him here. And then you got two young guys in Paulson Adebo and Alante Taylor. Paulson Adebo was a third round pick, I believe, in 2021, uh, and he's played well for them. You know, the same thing with Alante Taylor. He was a 2022 second round pick, um, but I think. It's definitely going to be between one of those two guys for that uh, third corner, starting corner spot. I don't think they're going to play either of those guys in the slot either. Uh, but one of these guys, I think, could break out here for them. We have Alante Taylor as our breakout candidate for this group. Top 10, I I wouldn't say is the floor because with secondary, we know that that's you know, a very volatile position group. But I definitely think that this group could put themselves in the top five by the end of the season. I absolutely love what they've got going on in the secondary. Yeah. For sure. And I mean, when you've got a defensive mind like Dennis Allen, I mean, that only boosts this group's potential this year. And the Saints is all, the Saints defense was the staple of what they did last year. Uh, so looking forward to seeing more of the same as we head into 2023. Uh, but let's move on from the secondary and let's dive into some of the coaching that I just mentioned. And we start with 
Dennis Allen, who is the head coach. Uh, it's year two of his regime in New Orleans after following up after Sean Payton uh, left the organization. And as I was saying, like I was having a conversation with Tyler last night. Like he was like, he's just another guy. Like he's just another random dude. Like, no, that's not really the case, man. Like he was the defensive line coach for the Saints 206 to 07. So that was just one year as Sean Payton's first year. And then he was the secondary coach from 08 to 010, or 010, uh, 08 to 10. And then Sean Payton got fired and the whole staff got fired for a year because of Bounty Gate. And then he does his thing in Oakland for two years as the head coach, but then comes back as Sean Payton comes back as the senior defensive assistant. And then in the same year gets promoted to defensive coordinator and rides it out until Sean Payton leaves. So like, this is the guy who's helped put, like Sean Payton, I say, is probably more offensive-minded than defensive-minded. So you think about who's been putting together this great defensive success that we've seen from the Saints over the past, like, 15 years. And I think you can really only point to one guy, and that's Dennis Allen, you know? And he hasn't had the best head coaching track record. He's 15-38 and 38 overall as a head coach. So that first stint in Oakland went terrible. It's not going great to start in New Orleans, but... I really don't think this is, this is just another random guy. And I think that having them ranked at 27th is a little disrespectful. What do you think? I get it. Like, I think that, you know, maybe we are disrespecting Dennis Allen a little bit. Uh, some of the, like, late game stuff last year, because, like, we know we, we talk about coaching and, like, well, you're an offensive guy, you call the plays. You're a defensive guy, you call the plays. But when you're the head coach, you handle those late game decisions. You handle the go-for-its. You handle, you know, stuff like that. You handle the timeouts. And I think sometimes at the end of games last year, he didn't handle those as well. You know, we saw that with Nate Hackett uh, last year, just discussing the Broncos. Um, they had that same problem where late game, you know, maybe Nate Hackett is a great offensive play caller, but if you can't handle the time, if you can't manage the timeouts, manage the late game stuff, you're going to get dinged a lot by, you know, the fans. A lot of Saints fans didn't like the way that those were handled because that's something we can be like, oh, why didn't you use a timeout there? And it's just easy to point out as a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're not producing on the field, you're going to get shit from the media as well. Uh, so I think the 27th maybe feels a little bit too low for a guy with this defensive pedigree. And, you know, we talk, we'll talk about Pete Carmichael and Joe Woods. Those guys have had a lot of years in the league as well, but, you know, I don't know if I'm taking Dennis Allen over Roger Smith, the way that Roger Smith's able to drop that offense. Guy River, yeah, Ron, Frank Wright, D'Amico Ryan's. We move on. I'd rather have here. Dennis Allen than River, Ron. That's for sure. For but see, the thing is, I think River, coaching staff. The, he's the head. he can do the head coaching stuff. I don't know if Dennis Allen's quite got that down yet. Right. So, you know, there's room to improve here. We've seen Dennis Allen as a head coach before. It didn't go very well, but, you know, maybe we see some improvement moving forward. Uh, Pete Carmichael was Sean Payton's guy has been with the Saints or has been with Sean Payton at least since 09 so it was kind of weird to see them not run the same exact style of offense like I I think all of us you know as a football collective kind of thought well they're bringing in Dennis Allen to coach the defense Pete Carmichael staying as the offensive coordinator this team's going to run exactly the same and it wasn't exactly the same Uh, that offense looked a little bit different from what we're used to seeing from a Saints team, uh, but hopefully they get a little bit more back on track this year. And then Joe Woods gets hired here as the defensive coordinator, was an absolute disaster last season in Cleveland. And I think that's because there were some you know defensive philosophy differences 
whereas Cleveland wanted to run that, you know, that popular Fangio off-zone scheme. Uh, and Joe Woods has always been an attacking 3-4, you know, send guys a lot type of guy with running a bunch of man coverage, which is the same kind of scheme that Dennis Allen runs. So I think that's going to be a very valuable add for them as they've got a guy, you know, there's no uh, clashing heads here in New Orleans. They've got a good defensive coordinator for what he does. It's just last year was put in a situation where he wasn't running as much of what he's used to and what he knows is good. So uh, overall, fair. 27th, maybe we're a little low, but – I just I think we'll I want to see it first is what I'd say. <coughs> That's totally fair. That's totally fair. And we have a great shot to see it this year because their schedule looks very favorable uh, according to strength of schedule. This team ranks 31st among 32 teams in the National Football League. So as a result of that, Vegas puts their over under at nine and a half wins. Uh, we were looking at the favorites for this division because we've been talking about it a lot. And right now, New Orleans is the favorite. I would have thought they would have been a clear favorite, but it's like plus 110 for the Saints. And then I forget. Yeah, I think it's the Falcons at plus like 300, something like that. Yeah, that's pretty clear. Yeah. Plus 110 versus plus 300. Yeah, that's pretty clear. I, I would, Honestly, I would have expected it to be minus, but I think that's a little crazy to say. Uh, but the Saints team is favored going into this year, and as I said, it's because of the schedule. Uh, over-unders at 9.5 and... A half and I mean, I'm a believer, man. Like, I know Panthers are a fun team to pick for this division. Falcons are definitely a fun team to pick with this division, especially considering their weapons this year. But I think this is just going to be one of those boring teams that makes the playoffs and doesn't win in the first round. But they'll win their division, and it's not the team that we want to see go. But I think that's how it's going to go. Like, I think the Saints are going to break that nine and a half win mark for sure now we talked about this yesterday we did and we did if you haven't seen the broncos episode first and foremost well, what are we doing here <laughs> secondly we mentioned that we're going to try and be a little more optimistic and at a certain point there has to be a line drawn. <laughs> i think nine and a half wins is a little a little bit too high for this team you know we're talking about on offense we're talking about all the questions with Derek carr uh, if he's going to be the same guy that we saw in 2021, if he's the same guy that we saw in 2022, oof, rough. But as I said, like in old, that was the worst career season for Derek Carr, bar none. And he's only 31, so it's like it's not like he's absolutely hit his. But like, he's never like bottom. outside of 2021. Have you ever looked at a Derek Carr season and been like, wow, he was really good this season? You know, maybe the stats will show you that, but we've been watching football for a little bit. We've never left the season outside of 2021 being like, wow, Derek Carr, man, something special. Because he's not. Like, okay. Right. Just, I mean, he's not anything special. Like, I wouldn't say that. Just a solid, he's a solid quarterback. But the thing was, you know, I know his confidence was shot last year, but he kind of seems like a guy that his confidence being shot sticks with him a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, we'll see on that. We obviously have questions about the playmakers. Is Alvin Kamara going to be suspended? How many games is Michael Thomas going to play? Those are all legit questions. What's the thing with Trevor Penning? Is he going to figure it out this year? That front's four, specifically, the pass rush. Yeah. What are we doing there? The only I mean, thing, if you lose the big names on that front seven, I mean, good God. Yeah, and the, the only thing that I can say that I'm certain in holding their ranking is that secondary, and that's great, but... You know, when the front seven's not getting home, we've talked about this a little bit last episode with Denver, is if the front seven's not getting home and they're running this bump and run press man scheme, that's designed for 
teams with good pass rushes to get home to the quarterback and for the corners to hold on for two or three seconds and hopefully the rush gets home or at least affects the throws. If they're having four or five days, you know, it's really hard to play man coverage for four to five seconds in the NFL. With these receivers, as good as they're getting, it's really hard to do that. So if that coverage or if that pass rush isn't getting to them, the coverage is going to get worse. You know, we also have questions about the coaching. I know that this isn't a strong division. I'm aware that this is one of the weakest schedules that you're going to find, but I'm still slamming the under here. To get them to 10 wins, you know who else has a nine and a half win uh, line? Dallas Cowboys. In that's insane. I I know I and I know like the Saints are down here on the schedule the Cowboys are up here I can't see a world where the Saints win more games than the Cowboys this year I can't oh. dude in the NFC East come I'm, on man. I'm fully they were right they were playing with the Eagles on a week to week basis they don't have any comp they're thirty first in strength of schedule dude their hardest Atlanta's team that they have to play all year the Jags they played them once. The the Vikings, they play them once. The Lions, they play them once. The Giants. I, I understand. I mean, dude. I understand it's an extremely favorable. And everybody play. else, it's like, oh, yeah, but the Saints ten, are probably going to win that ten game. Ten wins. I can't see them getting ten wins. I mean, by the way, I just pointed it out, and those aren't clear losses either. Like, those are three losses, so you finish the season. Okay. I think they could lose to Tennessee. I think that's, that's very possible. I think Derrick Henry could run right through that. Okay. Defense that we're talking about. Packers. Packers on the road, I think they could lose. I think they could lose New England on the road. Yep. Anybody Jacksonville at home. Um, uh, the Colts will not. Bears coming to New Orleans, mm, maybe. No. I think the Vikings on the road, that's five losses. I think the Falcons take one at when the Falcons are at home. I don't think the Panthers take any. Lions in the Dome, I don't have a problem with. I would pick the Lions there. I would have a problem picking the Giants, even though it's in New Orleans there. And... You know, maybe Tampa steals one on the road at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Now we're up to nine. eight, nine. We're to nine losses now. That would be an eight-win season. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think what you just said is going to happen. But, I mean, is there, like you said, is there anything that I can say with certainty other than the secondary? Like, we're going to, are they going to fulfill this ranking of any of those groups? Like, confidently. <clears throat> maybe the offensive line, because we, I like I said, I think we had them a little bit low. But I think if it really gets bad, they could just and if Kamara doesn't get suspended, they could just rely on their run game and rely on their secondary. And I mean that's worst case scenario though. And we're not talking; we're optimistic now, man. Come on, we gotta we gotta we gotta do the podcast though. Okay. I've got to give you my opinion. I can sit here and just do uh, you know butterflies and roses all day, but at a certain point, it has to stop. And you know, I think. This nine and a half win might be my favorite bet of the ones that we've wow. had so far. I wow. I think under nine and a half. I, I just cannot. If they, if they get the nine and they win, they could win the division with nine games and still not clear this. I think just what's it? it's the Saints, dude. Like the Saints are never like the Saints dog won shit. Seven games last year. I know, you, but that's not we talked terrible. About, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. It's not a guarantee that Derek Carr is better than what Andy Dalton was last year. Andy Dalton mm. was very good last year. Dude. People forget. How I think Andy it's Dalton pretty was like safe. Andy if Dalton you're talking about seven. bets that you feel good about, I feel good about saying a bet that Derek Carr is going to be miles better than Andy Dalton was last year. Andy, I mean, Derek Andy Dalton was a grade, joke. Derek Carr would need to grade in the top eight to be better than Andy Dalton. Yeah. I know. I know. Well, that'll tell you something about fucking PFF right there, too. That's kind Andy of Andy Dalton joke. was good. He wasn't really that good, bro. He was. He was not. He was. Like, it's... Grades at an 82 last year. Bro, okay. 
I'm not. He's I, a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, Sanders, yeah, exactly. Respect future Hall of Famer. Anybody Angel. saw that quote from Miles Sanders on Twitter the other day? Only had said, one game below a 65 grade, and that was the last game of the season against dude, Carolina. Like he had okay in comparison to. He had 2,800 yards, 18 touchdowns, nine picks. In we're, we're getting super statty today because we have our. Uh, yeah. We're in, we're in house today. Kane can use his potato. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, oh, little, come on. little spud. I mean, he had in 14 games, Derek Carr played one more game uh, than Andy Dalton Andy last Dalton year. Andy didn't get benched, though. Good. Big note. Andy Dalton didn't get benched because he was playing so poorly. That's because they didn't have really any other option, dude. They had zero other options. Like Jarrett Stidham is like this premium option. Is Jarrett Stidham like? Are we looking at him? Andy Dalton was the best thing that they could have done in New Orleans last year. In compa- like Andy, Andy Dalton, Dalton was, was not good they last year. New Orleans this year. He was not good last year, man. He threw eighteen touchdowns, nine picks in fourteen games. Nine picks in fourteen games. Like that's pretty shitty. Two less than three thousand yards. Uh, he didn't even throw four hundred passes. Just barely over 250 completions. All of these numbers Derek Carr hasn't beat at, except interceptions. You know, so like turning the ball over, yeah, but that's who Derek Carr is. You know, he's like a gunslinger. So, and as far as like, let's look at QBR. Like, he had a better QBR by five whole points last year. Passer rating. Uh, He did not have as good as a passer rating as... Andy Dalton, but like the stats are there, bro. I don't have to. You, you can go ahead and look at it if you'd like. I will. I am. But I'll just. Derek Carr is a lot better than Andy Dalton, and this time last year I was saying Derek Carr is a top five quarterback and Derek could win Carr MVP. Had twice as many turnover worthy plays as Andy Dalton. Twice as many in one more game. That's because Andy Dalton can't win football games. Derek Carr can will your team to a win well, if he, he needs to. Last year he had. Like I said, five seven-point leads at halftime. Lost five games, most in NFL history. Why didn't he win? He was third in comeback goal? wins last year, bro. Because they were when they were losing. It's he also lost five games when they were winning. He allowed five comeback wins. I won't stand the hate on Derek Carr to go too far. Like he is still a top twenty quarterback in this league, no doubt. Starting quarterback, contract and all included, they should have stuck with Andy Dalton. I'm not. I'd rather pay Andy Dalton Dude, twenty million dollars for one year I can't than pay Derek Carr hundred and forty million dollars over four years. Dude, you're crazy. Anyway, let's move on and start to wrap this up. But that was definitely some good debate there. Uh, let's do it with the rankings. Uh, so, Blitzpod consensus: we have them at eighteen overall. Uh, the offense ranks in at sixteenth. Uh, the defense comes in at 14th, so according to that, they should be even a little higher. Uh, but the coaching staff definitely brings them down for sure. Uh, we've got their championship window as closed, two to three years away, and I think I'm I'm well in step with that. I'm well in okay. step, like better than we did the Broncos, and like I the Broncos are weird because when they traded for Russell Wilson and it felt like they got was. Sean Payton, like it's like. It felt like they're going. It still feels like they're kind of trying to go for a Super Bowl, but they definitely are. But that doesn't mean right that, they that they're going to get there exactly. And with the Saints, it's a different story. Like they haven't made the moves to like you know go out and win a Super Bowl. It's definitely closed. But they've got like 
drafted Kendra Miller. Maybe he turns into a workhorse back into the future. Like you got Chris Olave there. So you got your own pieces to start, but it, this rebuild hasn't really started started yet, you know? Yeah. Um, real quick housekeeping note. So obviously two days ago, three days ago, uh, DeAndre Hopkins signs with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, we didn't cover it when we went over the weapons, but they're going to move from 31st to 24th. Let me make sure that I'm correct in saying that. Yeah, they moved from 31st to 24th, or 30th to 24th. Against my will. Against Kane's will, because he thinks DeAndre Hopkins is an average player in the NFL, which is not true. Uh, and then they jump, they move up in overall rankings from 28th to 26th. They jump the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Colts. So the What's up, Julio Jones 2.0? Welcome to Tennessee. You ready to end your career here at 31? Maybe a, maybe a pod bet might be in order here. Yeah, I think so. Episode. We need to have a little Engage Eight Titans episode at some yeah. point. We need to, we need to have, we need to bring back Engage Eight too. The yeah. people are the people are begging. <laughs> um, so just real quick, if obviously I'm sure most of you can read, but for those that can't, so the Titans were 28th with the Bucks at 27th and the Colts at 26. Now the Titans move up to 26th. Kane's trying to read as we go. Uh, we got the Colts now at 27th and the Bucks at 28th. So just quick housekeeping note on that, but back to the Saints at 18th. Uh, the championship window, like I said, two to three years away. Uh, if you haven't heard my thoughts on Derek Carr, rewind about three minutes and you will find them. Um, I just don't think he's the guy. And I think that if they're going to be in a championship window, it's not going to be Derek Carr. They signed him to a four-year deal. Obviously the Saints will figure things out salary cap wise, but quite frankly, I don't think he finishes that contract. I think that they are, you know, whether it be trading off the draft quarterback, whether it be making a trade for one of these guys and become available potentially. Uh, I don't think that Derek Carr is the guy that gets him in a championship window. I don't think that this roster is championship window ready to even support a Derek Carr. If that were to be their guy, okay. you know, maybe if this was now that two years agree. ago's roster, yeah, you know, yeah, you add, you know, like you bring Deron, you bring Teron Armstead back, you bring that front four back. Like who would you rather have, Jimmy G or Derek Carr? Don't make me answer that. Yeah, see, like Jimmy, like you love Jimmy G, hate their car, no, but they're saying, probably I'm, like they're, they're yeah, they're like this. Yeah, they're like this. But the thing is, the dialogue around Jimmy G is here. The dialogue around Derek Carr is here. When their play is right here, right. So I'm trying to bring Jimmy G up here. I'm trying to bring Derek Carr where they're at. Okay, you know? all right, respect. That's my. That's just that's my thing. It's not a. I mean, I guess it is. Two very different quarterbacks approach. in the way that they yeah. play, but, but as far as how they're like, ranked, yeah. What you want, what you're going to get from them is probably about right there. Um, the offense at 16th, Derek Carr is our 16th graded quarterback. The offensive line is not so great. The playmakers, when healthy, are great. Smack dab in the middle. Yep. Uh, defense a little bit higher at 14th. Um, that is carried by the secondary. Uh, and really, honestly, I feel like this could go a lot worse if that front seven doesn't surprise and doesn't play to like their ceiling. Because, like I said, you know, if that front four isn't getting home. Those guys have to cover a lot longer. That makes them look worse on a play-to-play basis, and you know eventually they're going to get beat. And that's how that's how defenses start dropping, and you know all of the statistics that matter. So, right, fourteenth is fair, but I really think that could end up being a best-case scenario situation uh, here in New Orleans. But I think eighteenth, you know, I think we I think we really hit the nail on the head with this one. Maybe a little bit lower because that front seven, but I, I could definitely see them being the eighteenth best team in the NFL this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as you mentioned, as we've gotten, like, honestly, 28 on, like, we're going to really start to 
feel better about the teams that we're analyzing because there was a lot of non-optimism uh, before that. But, I mean, these Packers, Broncos, Saints, like I think those teams could surprise and finish in the top ten. And a little I think, teaser for you. We're going to be very optimistic next episode. Oh. Very, very optimistic. <laughs> Yeah, super looking forward to the next one. It's probably going to be another one that runs 55 minutes. Uh, uh, this one's at 55 minutes, so. Yeah, that's true. Damn, that's true. It's because we're together in person, you know. So one last high five until we sign it off. Yep. All right. That does it for the 18th ranked New Orleans Saints. Uh, can't wait to grind through the rest of these as we roll through the rest of the summer. Uh, but we will catch you guys on the 17th ranked episode. Peace.